Hello, everybody out there in Twitter. Welcome to another episode of Fighting the Void. Uh, it's me, Ginger, back here, and I have got uh, Jeff Dornick back with me again. And we are talking about the latest collaboration that he's put together, new book called Church and State, which uh, probably couldn't be more relevant right now, especially given that Jeff is from the People's Republic of California, where they have been very actively uh, working on making sure that people don't get to worship in large groups unless it's in a Walmart. And, uh, you know, and as we were just talking about before we went live, that that gives that gives you the award, at least between the two of us. You have got the worst governor. Um, Whitmer's at least been smart enough to stay away from that particular uh, from that particular landmine. Yeah, I mean, we 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 have the award we have the award for like the the most woke governor I think in the history of woke governors. I mean, like most he's woke. he's yeah. he's okay. so woke he's so woke that the only way, medically speaking, to destroy coronavirus is not to worship God. Like like logically, that makes sense. It, you know, I really can't think of anything more logical. The only thing I can think of that might be more logical is to make sure that Jews can't play in the park, which you know, De De Blasio's got that one covered. Yeah. Well, by, by, by the way, did, did you, speaking of which, did you see the video that was going around? I think it was yesterday mm. of the saloon owner out here in uh, out here in Sherman Oaks. Did you did you see the, that video no. going around? No, no, no. So, I don't know so, that one. So it's it's this lady. She owns the saloon. The saloon's been around for like since like the 70s or something like that. OK, I think and, I might know this one after. I just didn't know the, the name, but go ahead. Yeah. And so and so and so she filmed a video showing the utter hypocrisy of California po California politics. Yep. So she spent thousands of dollars setting up to where she can serve her, uh, her the people that are coming to, you know, eat and drink whatever it is outside. LA County says, "Nope, not allowed to do that anymore because of COVID-19 because we are so woke that we're not going to allow you guys to eat outside where it's perfectly safe to do so with mm -hmm. proper social distancing, you know, plexiglass all the whole thing." Right, right, right. In the same parking lot where she's not allowed to serve because it's too dangerous. They have a movie studio that has set up their yeah. dining that's four times the size of hers. That's safe. Hers is not safe. Yeah, that, yeah, I did. That my that my friends is science. You know, I yeah, I saw that and I was like and you can hear the mix of like anger and despair in her voice. I mean, I I feel for that lady and it is, but it's people like her. The fact that they're finally making videos like that to give me a little bit of hope that we that, that maybe maybe we come out the other side of this thing with America still intact. Yes, I, I mean it, 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 either, either that, either that, yeah. or we just let's recall Gavin Newsom altogether. Get rid of him. By the way, I interviewed the guy that's heading up the recall Gavin Newsom movement. We are awesome. we have eight hundred thousand signatures. We need one point two million, and that's eight hundred thousand signatures right now to recall Gavin wow. Newsom. In COVID nineteen, where they're not allowed to be outside getting signatures, imagine if there wasn't COVID nineteen, how fast it would be. He said that when they first started this, it was in the in the very beginning of COVID nineteen, they were still able to be outside. He said in the very beginning, before all the lockdowns, they would have to sit down and explain to people. Well, here's here's the problem with Gavin Newsom. Here's why we're trying to recall him, and people are asking mm -hmm. questions or whatever it is. And then all of a sudden, he starts doing these lockdowns, and they put up a sign saying "Recall Gavin Newsom," and people just come flocking. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, I almost wonder if that actually pay, plays into the recent "Thou shalt not even walk outside" orders. Yeah, I, yeah. I wonder. 
he, I mean, it, it's possible. And here's and here's the thing. So uh, we're down here in this little what I always say like a maga bubble. We're down here in Orange County, uh-huh. and so right. uh, so we we've got you know the the maga boat parades and the you know I've accidentally found myself driving down PCA. Nope. Intending it, you know that that's mm-hmm. how wo- that's how uh, maga we are down here, right? But the but the the interesting thing is that we'd go we've gone up to L.A. a couple times, which is right. like literally going behind enemy lines. It's literally like you're going into a third world country communist every, everybody's scared right. of everybody and everything people are outside walking the dogs with mm-hmm. masks on like by themselves nobody in sight nobody around them but they're still they're still wearing a mask like everybody and you're just like this this is it's very it's very creepy it's one yeah. thing i get i get going into the stores totally disagree with it but i get it but this idea that like i'm walking my dog in a residential neighborhood by myself outside in 75 degree weather and i'm gonna wear a mask because i because again science like this is this is insanity so much science i mean i mean i can't i i'm practically choking like inside i feel it all the science and it 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 moves me in the cockles of my heart but (laughs) (laughs) speaking of which i mean you mentioned people outside by themselves walking their dogs with masks on my wife uh, got together with a friend and, and her kids and everything. Everybody went out hiking uh, earlier today. On the trail, uh, on the trail hiking, there's people wearing freaking masks. And, like, at least one person was actively, like, was visibly upset that my wife and it, that whole clan was not wearing masks like 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 visibly concerned um and then she stops at the and then she stops at the corner gas station to get hot hot chocolates for everybody and this is one her and i've been in and out of it without masks on numerous times over the last few months often i've seen the staff without masks on (laughs) they don't care um and uh, and some some lady was like oh my gosh no mask like covering up and everything is like Wow, it's it's actual. It drives me crazy that the crazy is actually getting worse somehow. I'm like, yeah. It, it, has nobody noticed that the dead bodies are not piling up like cordwood outside the hospitals? Yeah. Well, he, and here's and here's the thing. Like for me, I want to be respectful of businesses, right? And so, like, right. So for me, I I take the approach, and I, you know, and again. Doesn't make me the most popular guy within conservative circles because everybody's just kind of like screw everybody who tells me to wear a mask. And I take I take and more take the approach of like I refuse to wear it on public property. So mm-hmm. if yep. I'm in my home, if I'm walking on the sidewalk, and even going to our local post office, yeah, I, I I I refuse to wear a mask. Now I I did like twice going to our post office because I'm friendly with the post office lady. There's one lady that works at our little post office right here. Mm -hmm. And she said, I'm getting in trouble. I'm like, okay, I don't want to get you in trouble. So I'll do it. If I have to come up to the desk, fair. Right. right? But there's one time I came in to get a package Mm -hmm. and I, and I go up, I'm not wearing a mask and I go up and get my package and I turn around to leave. And the guy behind me makes a comment to to the lady there. Mm -hmm. and, And he's like, I thought we, I thought we were supposed to wear masks in here. You were referring to me. And I turn and look at the guy, and the guy's literally wearing a mask, like practically down below his mouth. And I'm like, seriously, <laughs> like it's 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 over your chin, like, and and I'm the problem yeah. here. It's like, yeah, it's come on, dude. Who are you kidding? But you know, it my my approach is um, more your direction. I would say, I as a rule, not always. It, it's like if I my rule is I'm going in not wearing the mask, but if somebody 
if some if some staff member or something asks me to wear one, okay, fine, I'm not going to fight with you, but I'm going to make you ask. Unless I just know that, okay, this place, I'm going in there, I know they're going to ask. Yeah. <laughs> so unless I'm prepared to make an issue out of it, which I don't want to, I, I don't want to sit there and argue with the poor 18 year old kid that's <laughs> trying to keep his job, you know, yeah. um, I, that, I, I don't see, I don't see the benefit there at all. Arguing with the manager might be beneficial, especially if it's a locally owned business and not like, uh, you know, a big giant corporate ent- entity that, that is a, that even the manager is just trying to keep his job. You know, right, right, and and that and that's yeah, my. I, I, I'm not. A, and that's my. Is, that's I'm my not interested thing. in arguing about it with somebody on the yeah. putting somebody on the spot. I'm, I'm, I'm just not. At least not at this point. I'm getting closer. I'll be honest, <laughs> but um, sure. for now, it's but, like I'll make you ask, but if you ask, I'll put it on. <laughs> right, but 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 even then, that that's where I'm beginning to to have this mentality of. I'm not going to big box stores anymore. I'm not going to be the big corporations. I'm yep. going to small businesses. And especially to, to for mm-hmm. me, this was a big wake up call with, uh, with COVID-19 coming over here was if we weren't relying so much on these big multinational corporations, yeah, we wouldn't be relying so much on China. Mm-hmm. For all we know, COVID-19 could have been actually centralized in China would have been very minimal impact over here because there wouldn't be thousands of people traveling back and forth between China and the United States right. because we're not doing the trade mm-hmm. with them. And maybe, just maybe, had we only been going with the local people that are making something themselves or buying from the farmers or whatever it is, maybe right. we wouldn't be shut down right now. No, I agree with that. And that's highly likely. And at, at the very least, we wouldn't be so dependent on these on this small handful of massive national, uh, you know, national slash global corporations and they wouldn't be getting all the money funneled to them right now. And yeah, I'm kind of with you. Um, I'm actually going out of the way more now to support the local businesses as opposed to going to the big, big box places, you know, where I can, which is unfortunately difficult because they've already done such a good job of shutting down a lot of the smaller businesses. Yeah, and, I, and, I don't and, even... and look at the response. Look at the look at the look at the response. Every single time the Democrats do something, right? These shutdowns, I blame either the Democrats yeah. or the big government Repu- big government Republicans, right? What always happens mm-hmm. at every single thing that the left is trying to do, it always either centralizes the power with the big government or it centralizes the power with the big corporations. That's the result of everything. Yep. Fifteen dollar min- yep. minimum wage, uh, all the regulations. McDonald's and Walmart, they can absorb the added costs. The little mom and pop yep. coffee shop, they can't. Now, now think about this. All the small businesses, it's like these lockdowns were, were made to clear the path for Amazon and Walmart. Like literally, get we're going to get all the competition out of the way. And then yep. we're just going to come in. You're going to have Applebee's. You're going to have McDonald's. You're going to have mm-hmm. Walmart. And you're going to have Amazon. Yep. Like they, they cleared the pathway. It's almost yep, like they wanted it to happen. Almost. Almost, isn't it? And then on top of that, China, mm-hmm. guess who's making all of our face masks? I couldn't imagine. <laughs> Gavin Newsom signed a billion dollar deal with China to buy face masks. I he he did that on purpose? Yes, after after China gave us coronavirus, which apparently is racist to say, but he signed a billion dollar contract while all of us out here are not allowed to work, you know. We could use some of that money ourselves because Gavin Newsom is banning us from leaving our homes, but he gives the money to the country who gave us this mess in the first place to make our masks instead of saying, hey, does anybody in California can't work? 
if we send you guys some supplies, would you guys like make some masks for us? Wow. Jeez, just call up the my pillow guy for crying out loud. I know he'd do it. <laughs> <laughs> call, call up Mike Lindell. He'll happily get make some masks for you and it'll probably be cheaper, actually, than what China is is gonna charge you, even with their suicide nets. Probably. Probably. Uh, yeah, wow. Um I mean I I've, I of course China's making most of our stuff, including our masks, but that knew some specifically signed. Uh well, what did you say billion? Yeah, I, I believe with a like, B. I, be, I believe I, be, I believe it was like nine hundred million or so, something insane. Close like enough. That. Yeah, close enough. Yeah, yeah, billion. for them to specifically make masks for the virus that they sent over here. I'll do. I'll do it I'll for a tenth. It. Of, I'll do it for a tenth of that. Yeah, yeah. I will. <laughs> I will make you. I, I have got a bunch of old T-shirts. I will cut them up and turn them into all kinds of net gators. I'll yes. even wash them first. <laughs> yes, and on top of that, if we if we're talking about actual legitimate science, and I know this wasn't why I came on, but this this is kind of fun to talk yeah. about. When you're yeah. actually looking at the actual legitimate science, if you look at all the places that are requiring face masks, yep, it's getting worse. Now, when you when you look at the studies, actual medical studies, face masks actually make it worse and more transmissible because it's breaking apart the the, the droplets and the condensation right. in your breath. Yeah. They go smaller. Yeah, the they're not. Yeah. yeah, they're not falling to the ground. They're mm-hmm. floating in the air. They're, it's making it more contagious. Why do you think New York and California and every single other lefty state that is forcing 90% of people to be wearing face masks, why is it so rampant? But then Iowa, in the middle of nowhere, they can walk around without any face masks, and they're perfectly healthy. It's because it makes it worse. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And if anything, it doesn't It it doesn't matter anyway. It does, it's not stopping it. Any, anyone can look at it, should be able to just look at just the raw numbers and go, well, obviously, re- regardless of how it's breaking apart droplets, whether with how that is affected by what type of mass or not, it's obviously not stopping anything. At the very least, it's not helping. Like, you think, well, it'd be worse even. Oh, really? Compare it with just about anywhere that isn't mandating mass all the time. But here's the but here's the problem. I'm talking to again. I'm out here in Cal. I'm out here in communist California. Yep. People out here are brainwashed, right? So they oh, see the nu- they see the numbers rising, mm-hmm. and what are they, what are they like? Okay, so a logical a logical person would say, almost everybody's wearing a face mask, and the numbers are rising, skyrocketing right now. Like mm-hmm. I think we had like ten thousand cases like yesterday, like something insane, right? Right. Numbers are skyrocketing. I feel like a logical person would say, why are we wearing a face mask right now if the numbers are still going up? Like, does it not work? The, what their response is that ten percent, that's what's causing. All of you ten percenters that are yeah. not wearing the face mask, it's your fault. If like, it's even if it's even ten percent, I don't think it's even that many. I'll be honest. I I mean, here in Michigan, I walk around and I I don't live in the most in the most mega part of the state, but it's not it's it's not a rah rah Whitmer part of the state either. It's it, it's kind of these days kind of down the middle. Um, maybe slightly more mega, actually. And yet, uh, th- it is probably 99% mask compliance these days. Like I just said, with my, my wife had two interactions today, at least, where people were visibly upset that she was not wearing a mask. And yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's, I don't think it's even 10% that are, that are non-compliant, at least in any sort of populated area. You know, if you if I go into if I go into northern Michigan, where it's a lot more rural and where it is more mega country, okay, yeah, maybe it's uh, may, it may even be flipped. I don't know. <laughs> you know that that is where you're more likely to find some of the um, restaurants and stuff that are 
giving Whitmer the finger and being like, now, sorry, we're staying open. Thank you very much. Um, but still, I mean, they're not, they, they usually people from our side, from, from our, our portion of the state go to their person, not vice versa, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it, it, it's a good point. And I think I think I was talking with uh, my friend Sam Jones, who's one of the podcasters on, on my podcast network, and and he and he was telling me he's like looking back at the founding of our country. One one of the main reasons why we had the Revolutionary War was mm -hmm. taxation without representation, right? Mm -hmm. So because yeah. the king was just making all these rules, and uh, and America had no had no say in it, right? Right. It's kind of happening right now. I mean, when you think about yeah. it, like out here in it California. Is. Gavin Newsom is speaking things into existence. Mm -hmm. He's not, he doesn't have the authority to do that. We elected the legislative branch in order to create the laws. So technically we are having all these regulations without representation. I mean, mm -hmm. and I would say that this is probably more oppressive than anything that, that our founding fathers experienced with England it at is. a certain point. I, I, I feel like we're heading toward this major rift in our country. Unfortunately, I mean, are we going towards civil war? I mean, it, it, the times are definitely worse now than they were in the in the 1700s when the Revolutionary War happened. I don't want that to happen. Right. But at right. a certain point, I feel like what other option is there? As far as the reach of the state goes. Oh, yeah, it's way and it has been. Uh, the state has been much more intrusive in our lives for a long time than. Than uh, England was for the most part. On most Americans, and I say for the most part, I'm pretty sure they're exceptions. I mean, you go through the list of grievances in the uh, in the Declaration, and the one that always gets me is the quartering of troops. It's yeah. like I I get I and I don't know, but I, of course I don't know how widespread it was, but it seems pretty clear that Britain thought they could just say, "Ah, uh, we're staying at your house and yours and yours and yours, and we'll take kind of what we want." You know, that that would be worse than it is right now. That yeah. that one particular thing, at least, as far as the taxation goes, way better, <laughs> way better. And of course, now they don't have to come directly into our house, uh, at least not physically, because now they've successfully moved most school online. This little guy right here, that's the government coming into your house now. As all, we've already all day long. Yep, as we've already seen with some cases, them going, you've got a kid, you've got a BB gun uh, hanging on your door. We can't have that and other sundry things, you know, them being very upset that parents now can suddenly monitor them and wanting to make sure that they can't or that they will sign things saying they won't. And like, uh, this is what I was afraid of. I was like, yeah. shortly before that stuff started to come out, I'm like, no, no, this is re returning things to home. This is not. This is not a bug. This this is a feature. This is part of what they want. This is how they get directly into your house. And I'm like, well, homeschooling is exploding. Yeah, it is. In fact, we started homeschooling as a result of this. Um, yeah. But I I know I already know what's going to happen. Within a couple of years, they're going to find a couple of cases where the homeschooling is going poorly, where the parents are not dealing with it well, where uh, the kids get into some kind of trouble, or they send CPS into some into some homeschooling fam family's home and they might even cover uh, uncover a couple of legitimate cases of abuse. They might, they might well do that. So let's not pretend that doesn't happen. Uh, but they're going to use that to tar every homeschooler. And before you know it, they're going to be passing laws forbidding it. Yep. 
and this is, this is the danger this is the danger of the left and this is the danger mm-hmm. of, of how extreme the democrat party has been now i would i would make the argument the democrat mm-hmm. party has been this extreme for a long time they've just, they've just they've just hidden it right they've hidden yes. it before patriotic language it's just now they're like oh yeah this is us like this, this there's is no hiding it yeah th- this is where they've been wanting to go for a very long time and guys like you me and a whole bunch of uh, other people with much larger plat- platforms in the uh, conservative talkosphere uh have been saying the same thing for for decades in some cases and of course everyone's like yeah you're crazy that's a that's a slippery slope fallacy buddy we're at the bottom of the slope We've, we've already been, we've already been down the slope. The slope is back exactly. up there. Right, right. It's like we hit the it's like we hit the slope about five. We hit the bottom of the slope about five years ago, and they're like, you know what? That's not close enough to hell. Somebody get me an excavator. You're only sweating a little bit. You're you're just you're not you're not yeah. quite there yet. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, needless to say, uh, this is where they've been wanting to go, and they want to dig deeper. They 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 they, they want to dig deeper until it literally caves in on itself. And we're friggin' buried. And you know, I've, I've I've said for, I've been saying for years that 1984, because everybody always talk about 1984, right? Like, no, 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 it's red herring, red total red herring. 1984 isn't the one you need to read. Go read Brave New World. That's the world that we're almost in right now. And but now, now all of a sudden with COVID. It's like they're jumping ahead. It's like it's like they're almost jumping into more of a 1984 type territory where they're like, you know what? You know, keeping everybody nice and com- comfortable and fat, dumb and happy while we control them is cool. But I really want the I really want the boot stomping on the face of humanity. I really want that imagery from from Orwell instead. You know, <laughs> let's go for that one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's literally it's literally like. Like we're heading towards this path of Hunger Games, and right. w- with it, w- and and I'm like, like, like w- w- when when those movies and the books came out, and and you're looking at that, you're like, okay, so that that's that's extreme. That like we'll never get there. And I'm, and then now this happens, and I'm like, oh yeah, I can see us being there. We'll be there in a few years. Is this something something similar? Or yeah. you know, we are definitely heading. If you, I mean, you could argue if if somebody from the fifties were to suddenly get a lens into today, they would be like, oh, that, yeah, sure, sure enough, that's a dystopian nightmare. Yeah. You know, we laugh at that idea right now. It's like, we're not a dystopian nightmare. We can still do this. We can still do that. It's like, um, yeah, but compare it to before, relatively speaking, it looks kind of like a dystopian nightmare a little bit. <laughs> if you, you're to compare it with the world, especially that they were imagining back in the 50s, what they're imagining today would be like. Yeah, dystopian nightmare. And it's, it's a little wild. It's a little crazy to think about that. You know, Civil War, is it coming? Yeah. How it takes shape, I think, is still up for grabs. How long it takes us to start for it to start firing shots, up for grabs. Is it coming? Yeah, one way or another. But but at the same time, and, and I've been making this case on my on my podcast, I think we're in the Civil War right now. It's just you can, it's just not militarily. And yes, yes. And, and this is where this is where um I get into it some, sometimes with um, uh, with with one of my Twitter friends about whether or not there is or or will not be a civil war. And the the general assumption with people who say no civil war is that civil war means a bunch of states versus another bunch of states. I'm like, no, that's not what that. When we talk about it today, that's not what we mean. 
we mean various groups against various groups. It doesn't even necessarily have to mean that there's that either group has a formed government per se. And they'll have an organization, a set of ideals. It can be factions fighting it out in the streets. The government can almost be an aloof neutral party in certain in certain scenarios. However, I think the scenario they're trying to push us into is they're they keep ramping up with the with the lockdowns or riots or switching back and forth between the two. And I think they're trying to provoke us. I think they're trying to provoke provoke some group on the right to launching a seriously violent attack somewhere against someone. Something with full on so something where a bunch of guys show up in, in plate armor and ARs, you know, ready to rock and roll and just tear something or someone up. And then that becomes that becomes the catalyst to launch their version of to launch some sort of martial law. And then they come, you know, banging on us. And because the right is not terribly organized, frankly, uh, they're, they're, we're, we're not organized very, very much into the militias and, and extremist groups and everything that li- they like to think we are. Um, it will be, unfortunately, probably a lot simpler than a lot of people think to go door to door and take a bunch of people's stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would be, I would not be surprised if if that if that's where we're heading because literally I I feel like people on both sides it's been so ramped up and part of it I blame the social media companies because the algorithms and their divisions and putting everybody in echo chambers and so everything gets ramped up you're talking about other people you never have any yep. pushback you never have anybody challenge your thoughts like honestly it's fascinating because I tr- I intentionally try to go on lefty progressive shows mm-hmm. because I number one I want to hear what that what the, right. what the news is that they're hearing but number two i want to hear their talking points and i want to see okay can can i have a better argument than them right right so there, there was one, one of the shows that um that i think i'm gonna, I'm going back on their voice from the underground okay. and the host from that show i've been on there a couple of times but the host mm-hmm. from the show he's like pretty much he was like okay so really how do you think the democrats would actually ruin america how would how would the democrats actually destroy this country and i went off the top of my head last night in the middle of the night no list, no research, 40 things of how, of different ways that the Democrats will ruin our country. I mean, everything everything from mm-hmm. getting rid of the Electoral College to making Washington, D.C. a state, uh, Puerto Rico a state, Simone Islands a state. Uh, that's, so that's six more senators making all the illegals legal. That's more votes. Uh, then yeah. you start getting into the practice. Like, I just went down the list. Uh-huh. And and he's like, I don't buy that. And I'm like, guys. Come on, come on! Like I'm going, I'm I'm literally systematically going down the list. The yeah. Supreme Court will be compromised. The these, the electoral college will be compromised. Like and these everything. are all things they've said. These are all things they've said. Yes, they, they, exactly. They, they, these are not secrets. This is not stuff that that showed up on, you know, the, the Bongino report. These are not things that just uh, that Gateway pundit, you know, you know, freaking uh, cooked up in the middle of the night. Anything. And I'm not even saying they do that. That's their perception. You know. Yeah. Uh, this is not something that that Rush Limbaugh spotted off when he was on chemo. No, this is flat out, literally stuff that they have said has come out of their own mouths. The video clips are out there. All you got to do is Google the crap and say, oh, yeah, they did, they did say all that. And then, it's of course, on, you got to decide whether or not you agree with it. It's on Joe Biden's flipping website. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, they're literally talking about taxing um, about taxing extended uh, magazines at 200 bucks a pop. It's, you know, it's insanity. This, 
would cost me two hundred and twelve dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's, uh, it's like uh no but that's not but gonna, it's literally it's not gonna fly but it's Joe. literally like we're but it's literally like we're living in, in an alternate universe and we're it in the is. same country but we have two different realities and and you know and to bring it back into like what's going on within christianity and the church and all that kind of stuff yeah these same kinds of things oh, yeah, are happening right. yeah you know yeah but but like honestly though like this is this is literally happening within the church it's happening within christianity yes. It's it's yep. not like this is this is Christian versus non-Christian. This is kind of a civil war going on with within the Christian church. Like like today, it, it, was, it was it was it, it was really interesting. I posted an mm -hmm. article. Uh, by the way, did you see uh, the news today about George Soros? No. So George Soros, he didn't on, die in, by chance, did he? No, 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 no. no. George <laughs> Soros. This is not a wild conspiracy theory. This uh -huh. was not cooked up on Breitbart or Gateway Pundit or like. You know, they heard somebody overhearing somebody on a plane that said that George Soros did something. No, George Soros on his own Twitter account announced a new president of Open Societies Foundation. Okay. Uh huh. New president. Who would that be? The chairman of Smartmatic. Are you, you kidding cannot, me? You cannot make this crap up. Okay. So now here's the here now here's the interesting thing. And I'm gonna bring this back into back into <laughs> wow. Christianity. This, I'm gonna bring this back into Christianity. So ever since the election, the Southern Baptist Convention and the and the ERLC and so that's Russell Moore, Al Mohler, all the all the usual suspects, right? Okay. They've been coming out and condemning conservatives for questioning the results of the election. They've they've been they've been providing cover. They've been doing all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, I did a podcast with my good friend Bobby Lopez on the Big Brown Gadfly. Uh -huh. Turns out, according to the Open Society's website, they've been they've been sending money. Into the Southern Baptist Convention and the ERLC. Really? So now you have the Southern Baptist Convention pushing oh, wow. the talking points from Open Society, where the president of Open Society is the chairman of Smartmatic. And not only that, the president, the 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 chairman of Smartmatic has been on the board of Open Society for how long? So you have the Southern Baptist Convention pushing the very talking points of the company accused of rigging the election. Wow. You heard it here, people. <laughs> Holy crap. I don't even, I, I'll be honest. I don't even know how to process that because dang, that's, um, wow. That's, but, some, but, that, that's some stuff right there. <laughs> but this, this, this is the state of the church. And this shows, this shows the infiltration of, yeah. the, of the left into religion. And, and, yeah. and it goes to Christianity. And, and this is where I always say when I'm talking about this book yes. is, it's not just for Christians, you know, you know, like, you know, my previous book, social injustice, that was more geared towards Christians. That was theology, th that kind of thing. This is obviously, you know, focused on what's happening within the Christian church, but this is happening everywhere. They've, the, the left has infiltrated entertainment, mainstream media, politics, the news, every single thing that you can possibly think of the education system. And they've set the sides on the church and they've really infiltrated the church. And I'd say it goes the same thing, the Catholic church, the Christian yep. church. Absolutely. I have more, I have Mormon friends that say the same thing in the Mormon church, all different kinds of religions. This it. is very, this is very, very intentional, mm -hmm. but this, this is the results. This is all coming to fruition now. Like mm -hmm. literally they it sounds like these guys are coming out of a Bernie Sanders rally or they're getting advice from AOC and then preaching yeah. it from, from their pulpits. Yeah. And then we're like, what the heck happened? Maybe they've always been like this, but now the turning also follow the money, open society, smartmatic, they're all tied in together.
that is astonishing right there. That is, that is absolutely. And of course, um, when you first now getting, getting to, getting to the book, church and state, how long, how, how long, how long ago did you start putting this together? Um, we started putting this together probably beginning of the summer, beginning of the summer. So kind of mid COVID. Yep. Mid, 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 mid COVID. We were already kind of into it, but okay. And of course, you know, nobody was really paying much attention to what a smartmatic or dominion was or anything. Of course, we all knew open society and George Soros and all of that, but nobody really knew what a smartmatic and and dominion was. So we didn't know about those ties as of yet. So what was it that prompted you especially to actually start really putting this together? Because it wasn't just the encroachment of the state, as you said, it, it is the, infiltration of the church by the social justice uh, left, which of course you covered in social injustice. There was a lot, there was a lot of that talk of that infiltration in that book. But of course this is taken to, from a different perspective and also building on what you were doing there. So what was kind of the, what was like the thing that made you say, okay, we need another one, but we need to go after this. We need to look at how it is at the relationship between church and state. Yeah, well, I, I, so, I, so I think when we're dealing with, um, when we're dealing with uh, social injustice. So the first book we put out early, earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Again, that one I thought this is a theological battle that we're dealing with here, yeah. and this, this is you, you've got these pastors that that are pushing the social justice movement, and they're just like almost like just embracing uh, this progressive ideology, and it's it's finding its way into the church. We need to confront this on a theological level, and maybe that was naive of me to be thinking that way that it was just mm-hmm. a theological battle. But then during this election cycle specifically, we, be, we began to see a lot of these same people that for years we've looked up to as conservative Christian evangelical leaders. And all of a sudden, they're literally embracing racial reparations, systemic racism, Black Lives Matter. Uh, they're, they're justifying voting for Joe Biden. They're, they're saying it's okay to vote for a pro-abortion candidate. All these things. And they're like, well, I'm pro-life, but but it's okay to vote there. But you can't critique me because I'm still pro-life. And I'm like, guys, you can't say vote for Joe Biden, who's okay with abortion up to birth. Yeah. And and still call yourself pro-life. I'm sorry, but you can't logically do that. Right. They they are not compatible. Not not at all. And so and so for me, I was looking at this and I'm like, okay, so something something's amiss here. Like something's off. Because Mm -hmm. it's it's not just that you have you that you have these pastors that are kind of naive. And some of this stuff is kind of like trickling in and they're just hearing because they're watching CNN all day, right? Mm-hmm. There's something more sinister going on. So then yeah. I started talking to some of my friends that are within ministry, within the Southern Baptist Convention that are associated with the Gospel Coalition, all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, no, this is this this actually goes deeper and maybe this warrants a follow-up book. Yeah. And so and so we kind, of, we kind of put this thing together and got a bunch of different contributing authors, mm-hmm. you know, same kind of thing as last time. Right. But one of the interesting things was I had uh, Bobby Lopez, uh, mm-hmm. who um, he's got a podcast on my network. He wrote, he wrote the chapter on the rot at the seminaries, and I and I thought that that was one of the key aspects of the book was mm-hmm. really seeing, okay, so there there's a specific attack of infiltrating the seminaries because that's where they train all the pastors, right? Mm-hmm. So if you if you can control the seminaries, now you control all the churches everywhere. Because that's where the pastors are being trained. So mm-hmm. then you start diving into that. Well, again, you start following the money. George Soros, Paul Singer. It's like the same names that they're funding the Clintons, the Obamas, everybody. 
but they're also funneling money into the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. They're also funneling money into virtually every single Christian seminary in the entire country. And then what's associated with that money is particular curriculum, particular mm-hmm. authors, particular speakers. There's always conditions. There's always something going along with that. And then for me, I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, so I can now begin to pinpoint what what their theological error is going to be depending on what seminary they went to. And it's really yeah. interesting when you start diving into that, mm-hmm. you know, like the interfaith dialogue kind of stuff. If, if they come out of Fuller Seminary, guys like James White, John Piper, Rick Warren, okay. Mm-hmm. They all came out of the same seminary. They're all pushing interfaith dialogue. There's a, there's a common denominator there. You can kind of begin to trace all this kind of stuff going mm-hmm. into these different seminaries. And so basically the whole the whole idea of the book was tracing where were these points of attacks. Okay. You know, it's the gospel coalition, it's the seminaries, and then it's particular ideologies that we, that we take a look at as well whether again they're hijacking progressive talking points with with mm-hmm. biblical Christianity. And at a certain point it's like Somebody, somebody's got to put this thing together because I feel like a couple of people out there, they're talking about it a little bit, but nobody's actually attacking this thing full on. And these churches are just going off the deep end right now. And that, that to me is the really scary thing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, as we've said before, we've definitely got the same thing. We've been dealing with it longer. And there's a, I think Michael Voris with a church militant or whatever, whatever it is, the name of his group is right now. Um, I think it's, it's had to change a, a couple of times due to legal reasons. Um, but he, he did a story a while back on how Stalin actually intentionally sent people out to infiltrate the Catholic seminaries. Figuring it's like, this is the, 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 the this is our, this is our biggest obstacle out there in the world. If we can infiltrate them and weaken them, it's where our lives are going to be a lot easier. And, I think it took longer than he would have liked, <laughs> but I think it's very fair to say that a lot of it is infiltrated and not just by, not just by socialists, but also frankly by homosexuals, because there's a few stories about what goes on in a couple of the seminaries out there, one in Austria. And I'm sure you heard a lot of the stories about uh, the former Cardinal McCarrick and the activities he was up to with seminarians and everything over in the over on the east coast there it was um it's ugly it's it's ugly and it's disgusting and it's terrible and it's long past time that the various leaders start stepping up and um <laughs> and, and shutting this crap down unfortunately too many of the leaders are in fact the infiltrators or the ideological descendants of the infiltrators and uh it's it, it's showing it's showing badly and uh, it's obviously it's trickier for catholics than it is for you guys but uh to some degree the laity does need to rise up as are holding these people to account in whatever way shape and form that we possibly can and yeah it's basically if and then this is this is the, the kind of the danger if the if the clergy isn't going to lead, the people in the laity will. Yeah. Event eventually they will, and that is. It's going to cause further splits and division, and I'm not looking forward to that. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm really not, and especially since uh, you've there will be plenty of people like me who are kind of be like, well, okay, we can hold them to account without throwing the baby out with the bathwater. It's not like that's never had to happen before. It has many times, but. 
if you try to do that, you're going to be caught in the middle. You're going to be caught in the crossfire to some degree. And, you know, kind of like you were saying with the masks, you know, you're, you're against masks, but you don't want to take it out on the poor business owner either. So you're caught a little bit in the crossfire on that one. It's the right. same sort of thing, just on a more important issue. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it, it's 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 really true, and and I think too, I think I think the important thing to understand about about this infiltration that's been going on specifically within America, I think, is that the ultimate goal is conquering America. Like that, that's that's why you have guys like George Soros yep. funneling money into the largest denomination in the country, the Southern Baptist Convention, mm -hmm. is because the whole point is to take down our country because our country actually represents freedom. It represents Christianity. It represents yep. all of these ideals and it values human life, right? That's mm -hmm. why they're trying to take out the church because the church is supposed to be the moral compass for right. the country. And the church has been failing in that for decades mm -hmm. now. And then now we look out on the streets, guess what's happening? Anarchy, rioting, looting, killing. They're calling, they're calling evil, good and good evil. It's, Literally. It's, al it's almost like it's, been prophesied in the bible i mean it's, it's almost like that it is you know there are parts of this that are awfully familiar tell me more yeah well <laughs> and, and also too this is the this is the thing that that is crazy to me about a lot of these a lot of, the, a lot of these pastors that are embracing this kind of ideology yeah. is that last i checked these guys they spent their entire careers reading the bible they've got all yeah. these degrees they've got all these seminaries degrees did they not read the book of Revelation where literally the Democrat platform is to establish the Antichrist reign? Like, did they not read that part of the Bible where it talks about a one world religion, one world government, one world currency? What's the Democrat pushing for? They're pushing for open borders. They're pushing for, you know, a, a world uh, currency. They're yeah. pushing for every single thing. And I'm just like, guys, you guys are literally in the name of supposedly establishing Christ's kingdom. Uh -huh. You're literally you're literally building the antichrist kingdom you're kind of doing, doing the, the other name of Jesus. thing yeah i'm like wait god's in control he's gonna make it happen but that doesn't mean we have to help satan <laughs> yeah, well yeah you know and, and i'll be honest the whole when you start talking about you know all the crazy things going on in the world and everything and there's always somebody who says well god is in control so relax i'm like okay yeah. all right god was in control of the black plague God was in control during the Holocaust. God was in control during all kinds of horrible things that have happened. You know what? It wasn't a good time. Okay. Yeah, sure. The great, the, the grand big ultimate battle is won. I get that. And I know, yes, in, in the end, I need to worry about my own, about my own salvation and worry about where I am with God. But you know what? In the meantime, I just assume I have to fight a civil war if I could avoid it. That'd be great. <laughs> Yeah, you well, know. you know, you know it, it's it's really frustrating for me too because that is that is such an unbiblical ideology. Yeah. Because when you think about it, you look you look at you look throughout the Old Testament and even the New Testament to a certain degree, right? Mm -hmm. You look at the Bible, you clearly see in God's word that that like Israel, everybody's yep. sinning, everybody. Mm -hmm. They're worshiping false idols. Yeah. They're 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 having sex all over the place, orgies. What like crazy things? They're sacrificing their kids. It, it's insanity, right? Yeah. yeah. And then you yeah, have I'm, like I'm actually, I'm actually going I'm actually reading through the Bible again. I came apart. I, I can't remember. I already can't remember which book it, which book it was. It might have been early in Ezekiel or just before that. But talking about how yeah they or maybe it was probably Jeremiah. Um, that there was a, just it was just like one or two uh, verses, but kind of mentioned you know, like yeah yeah they were doing like the sacrifices to Moloch and everything. Oh wait, I know what that means. They were sacrificing their kids. That, that I mean, awesome. That that, that was pre that was pretty bad, and everybody was doing it, right? 
Yep. And then there'd be like one guy who would be like, yeah, this isn't right. And then God redeemed Israel through the faithfulness of that one guy because the one guy was like, yeah, you know what? I'm not just going to sit back and say, you know what? I trust God. God's in control. I, I'll just, I'm just going to do my thing. I'm going to, I'm going to pray. Right. I'm going to do things with my family and, and we're good. No, yeah. he was like, yeah, I'm going to take on the king and I'm going to expose the false prophets. And, uh, and then God blesses that. And then people are like, oh, wow, maybe, uh, maybe God's the way to, to go. So I'm going to follow him. And then he redeems Israel. This happened over and over and over well, yeah. again. Yeah. Sometimes, it, sometimes, sometimes they listen. Sometimes Israel is, is redeemed. And other times, like Jeremiah, the, don't listen so good. And then, you know, the king of Babylon comes along and says, well, you suck. So I rule now. And, oh, you're the, oh, you are trying to get away. You, you don't have eyes anymore. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ooh. But of course, what's interesting, I, I, and this is a bit of a tangent, but what's interesting about Jeremiah is he was literally telling them, it's like, you know what, guys, it's too late. Surrender. And you'll live and he'll be nice to you. If you keep fighting in this particular case, you're gonna get steamrolled. I found I find that really interesting. Like the message was like, okay, guys, you're too far gone right now. The only way for you to be redeemed is through a lot of suffering. Now you can either submit to the punishment that I'm gonna give you, and it'll be less, or you continue in your pride, and the spankings will continue until morale approves. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Oh, froze up at where we are, where we are as like a country today. You know, I, I think, you know, a lot of people will say America is too far. Like I, I've, I've, I've had multiple guests on my show and they're like, you know, we, we don't think that there is any coming back for America because we are too far. I mean, think about it. We're, we're aborting babies by the hundreds of thousands every single year yep. where we're again, we're calling good, evil, evil, good. Mm -hmm. it, but the, the thing for me is I'm looking at, I'm like, I feel like there's enough people. It's, it's kind of, it's, you know, there's a, there's enough God honoring people where if we actually decided to take a stand and actually get out there, preach the gospel, yep. actually change lives, do things like that. I feel like God could actually honor that. And, 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 and I kind of go on this yeah. like kind of eschatological tangent sometimes where yeah. I, I look throughout history and mm -hmm. I always see every single empire. It seemed like Satan was behind that empire trying to conquer the world, right? Yep. Yep. Babylonian empire, Roman empire. Bring it into more modern times. You had England who practically conquered the entire world. You mm -hmm. had Nazi Germany that was trying to conquer the entire world. Yep. And I feel like th that was Satan Satan's attempt to be like, yeah, I, I want to establish the Antichrist. And every single time God's like, nope, we're not quite there yet. Implode. Try again next time, Satan. Yep. And I feel like this is this is I feel like we're at that moment of is it going into end times? Yeah. Or is this the, the implosion time? And I'm kind yeah. of leaning towards the implosion side of Satan's plan yeah. because of how much people are getting exposed because they're not getting away with it. Like this is actually coming out. This, this like the, the election fraud's getting caught. The deep state's getting caught. People are beginning to wake up. Not everybody, but enough people. And and for me, I'm, start, I'm starting to feel like this could be that moment where God's like, you know what? It's not time. And I felt that way back in 2016 when... Trump right. won over Hillary. Yep. And I, I felt like that was that moment where God was like, okay, Satan, you tried. Hillary was your candidate, Satan. And I said, no, here's Trump. And then ever since then, it's been the Democrats just clawing, trying to hold on and trying to hold on. At least I'm praying that it's Satan's implosion. <laughs> I, I hear what you're saying. 
And I'm not saying you know, that you're wrong about the implosion thing. However, so far, they're still getting away with it. That's yeah. the thing right there. So far, I haven't seen so much as a glimmer that there's going to be a perp walk of anybody. Uh, you know, there may be, it may be getting exposed and maybe more people that are aware. And obviously this is good. But as far as anyone actually getting held to account, I haven't seen any of that happening just yet. And I don't have a lot of hope that anyone will. Now, what I do hope is that enough people are aware, enough people are sort of awake to this now that um, essentially enough people will sort of re- repent and turn back to God and manage to put manage to push back on this thing, that we still do wind up getting a great awakening instead of a great reset. Um, but I don't, I, I, I always hesitate to... Uh, say anything too definitive that's my hope right. that's what i hope is going to happen yeah um you know any number of other things that are far worse could happen yeah well, well you know it, but but but, but and you, even that even the even the awakening i expect it to be difficult because um the the the, the powers that be behind the stuff they're not going to go quietly because especially this time around i really I think they're pushing so hard right now because they think they've won or at the least they think ultimate victory is within their grasp and they're not going to let go of it without a fight. What that fight's going to look like, I don't entirely know, but they're not just going to go. They're, they're not just going to go, eh, eh, they failed this time around. Try again in 20 years. That's not happening. Right. That's not happening without a fight of some sort. And It'd be wonderful if it could just if it could just be a spiritual fight. That'd be swell. I don't think it's going to be. I think it's spilling over into the physical world in some way, shape, or form. And um, I, I, I think no matter what comes, we're in for the fight of our lives. Which, again, is why I think your book coming out is when it is is important. It's relevant. Uh, that's also why I think uh, networks like yours and uh, small beginning ones like mine are also important in this little fight, this massive fight, doing our little part in this massive fight that we're all in for, whether whether you like it or not. And, you know, and of course, nobody wants it. No, Nobody wants to fight. Nobody, nobody wants, and I'm, I'm using this figuratively speaking, not literally speaking, but nobody wants, as they would put it, open war. But as Eric would put it, open war is upon us, whether we want it or not. Yeah. And... Be ready for it, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and that and that's that's really the scary thing I think about where we are as as a country right now, as well is like we do have some of those, you know, even Christians that are like, mm-hmm. hey, you know what? God's in control. He's 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 imploding our country. We deserve it. We're just going to sit back and take it. And and, and I take the approach of yep. to me, we should be obedient to the end. Yes. Let God work out of the details, but. Yep. I'm still going to be, I'm still going to try to be faithful. I'm still going to try to preach the truth, preach the gospel, expose wickedness where it is. Yep. And I'm not, and I'm not going to give up. And the thing is, is that I think that we as conservatives as well, we have to, we have to remember the, the Republican party. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily on our side either. No, if, no, if you look about this, no. like we, we, we can all, like they, they've all been given lip service to mm-hmm. Trump over this presidency because they realize mm-hmm. That like what do you have? What do you have? Ninety five percent, ninety seven percent approval rating it among was Republicans. It yeah, was it huge. was insane. Yeah. So they knew that they had to give lip service. Mm-hmm. But ever since the election, all this evidence of election fraud 
video footage of mm. election fraud happening in front of our eye. Like it's like you point and it's like that's it. That's right there. Silence from them. Yep. Where are they? Not, I I don't know. I mean, honestly, the only one that's said anything at all publicly is like Ted Cruz. Yeah. I the mean, old, I, the I, only one. Just about just about, yeah. I think maybe I've seen a glimmer here and there, but yeah, there, there, were, there, were, two, there were two days yeah. when the Republicans were coming out, and it, and it was about a week after the election. Mm -hmm. and it was specifically because all of us conservatives were raising a ruckus because, yep. like, where are you guys? And then yeah, Lindsey yeah, Graham yeah. and Marco Rubio and all these guys, they went on Fox News, yep. and they're yep. like, oh, yeah, election, we should investigate. And, and, well, and, and, Trump was, and Trump was threatening to start holding rallies about uh, over the issue. And, well, he wasn't, it, it wasn't, it, he wasn't, it wasn't stated as a threat, but I think it was a threat. You're like, I'm going to keep the bet. I've got to keep my base riled up about this. And I'm going to make sure they don't forget. If you forget, they're going to remember that you forgot. And yeah. they they won't vote for you anymore. Mm -hmm. and, see, and, see, and see, to me, that that's the wild card in all this with this with all the yep. civil war talk is that it's not Republican versus Democrat. No. And no, that's not the Republicans. They're mm -hmm. almost worse than the Democrats because they're giving lip service to being conservative. Yep. Yep. But it's like, they're, but they're secret agents. And that, that to mm. me is the scary thing is when you don't, you, you don't know who's your ally and who's not your ally. Cause to yeah, me, no, I agree. Looking, looking at all of the people that are actually in office, there's a few that I like that are, that were elected this time around people like Lauren Boebert and Burgess Owens okay. and some people like that. I'm like, okay, I, I feel like they could go in there and they're not compromised yet. Yep. The people that are in there right now, I don't trust any of them. The only oh, one, I'm maybe sorry. a little bit would mm -hmm. be Ted Cruz, maybe, but even to him. What what is he what has he really done? I know he filed that one thing in the he Supreme hasn't Court. Done much. When, when it when it when it comes to censorship, which is a yeah. huge thing with this election, yeah. What has he done? He yelled at Jack Dorsey in a Senate hearing. Okay, cool. Now what? Yeah. No, well, you know that's exactly. It. I don't. That that's one reason why I lost patience with people like Trey Gowdy, and um, I forget his name. It, it was another. It was another Jason Chavitz. Uh. I was like, yeah, you guys look really good on C-SPAN, you know, but busting people, busting people's chops in hearings. That's great. But what are you actually doing? I, I don't care how many sound bites you give me to own the libs. I do not care about any of that. I can, you know what? I'm a relatively intelligent person. I can own the libs on my own. Thanks. I don't need your sound bites. I need your action. I need your, I need your bills. I need your actual investigations that I need your indictments. I need your subpoenas. I need all of this. I don't need your sound bites. I don't care about, about any of that nonsense whatsoever. Give me something, get, start showing me that you actually believe what you say, and then I'll be interested. You know, that said, do, and, and the problem is we do keep voting for those people because they are a speed bump. I, I, I long ago lost any faith that they're going to actually do anything to push back, but at least there's a speed bump. They recognize that they have to at least slow it down as part of the, as Margot puts it in the chat, a dog and pony show. And she's, and that is exactly right. It is a freaking dog and pony show. And, but you keep voting for the dog and pony show because otherwise it's straight off the cliff to Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. You yeah, know, and, and you know your your point about Trump uh, getting elected in 2016. Um, I ne I never thought that it was like okay, you know we've won. I thought, and, and I brought this up uh, on last week's show as well. I never thought I never thought we won. I thought we've been given four years. 
We've been, we've been given at least four years to push back on our own. And I think we've wasted it. I think we've wasted these four years. I think we expected it all to be done by a Trump. And we and there were too many people that still had faith in a Republican Congress. And they didn't do anything. For, for those two years, they did nothing whatsoever. And even Trump dropped the ball a whole lot. And this time around, whether it winds up being Trump or not, we cannot waste whatever time we've got left. We cannot. We have a fight ahead of us, and we have got to get ready for it. You know, and as always, the most important thing is first that you are spiritually ready. You know, mm-hmm. if you ain't right with God, get get right with God for crying out loud. And yeah. and figure out whatever it is that he needs you to do. Try not to figure try not to figure out what you can do, figure out what he needs you to do. Because it's a fair bet that it's going to be different than what than what you think. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's a, it's a good point. And and I think and I think also kind of we can make the parallel between like the do nothing GOP or not even the do nothing, but the the sinister GOP that's working subversively and stuff with a lot of these evangelical Christian leaders as, mm-hmm. as well. Like they're doing the same things. Again, they're, they're giving lip service to conservative Christianity, yeah. to evangelicalism. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. giving lip service to, well, I believe in the gospel and I check all these boxes and all this kind of stuff. And then they work behind the scenes. Like, mm-hmm. like with uh, one of the things that like Bobby Lopez, what he experienced, he was a professor at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Mm-hmm. He got fired for sharing his testimony of he used to be gay, became a Christian, repented. Now he's not gay. He's married, has kids. And he's like, God save me. And here's, here's what he did for me. They would not let him share his testimony. They would not let him go out and give interviews and talk about it. And he, and then finally he was like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to do it. They fired him. They got, they got rid of him. And this is coming from Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, which is supposed to be the conservative hub with an evangelical, with an evangelicalism. Wow. And this, this is what's, this is what's going on in our churches. And we've got to understand that just because guys like Al Mohler, who is directly involved with this specific case with, with Bobby Lopez, guys like mm-hmm. Al Mohler, guys like Mark Dever, Jonathan, like I could go down the list of these guys that on one hand, they claim to be conservative Christians. And then they push these ideologies like like Tabidi. Are, are you familiar with Tabidi Aniabwile? I can never pronounce his last name. No. He's he's a he's a former uh, Nation of Islam guy. Became okay. a Christian. Uh, nice. He was a pastor. He was a pastor with uh, with Mark Dever, and then now he's got his own church. Well, he carried over a lot of his Nation of Islam, uh, Black Liberation theology kind of stuff, and now he he literally came out during the 2016 election and he said, "I'm okay." with essentially sacrificing abortion in order to get Hillary Clinton elected because I don't want Trump as president because we have to look at how how are we taking care of the black community. So he was willing to allow more baby like his <sighs> word I'm allow I'm I'm okay with more babies dying if we can get racial reparations for the black community. That that's that's a problem there and he's supposed to be a conservative Christian. You've got Jonathan Lehman and Mark Dever that are putting out statements and sermons about critiquing conservatives who, that are single issue voters on uh, on abortion. And and they said that you cannot be a single issue voter because you have to look at all the rest of the things that all you know if you're truly pro life then you will be for welfare. You will be for open. Oh borders. my gosh. You will be for th- this is coming from conservative I am Christianity. I'm so sick of hearing that. I am ho- so sick of hearing that. If you're really pro life, you know what? 
cram it where the sun don't shine, pal. I don't care. Because you know what? You know what? Let's go ahead. Let, let's let's take that. Let's take it at face value. All right. You know, the single issue voter thing. All right, fine. You know what? Show me any other issue that results in almost a million innocent lives dying every year. Show me one. One issue that does that. Innocent lives, not not the result of bad decisions on their part or anything like that. You know, and, and that's not to condemn, say that anybody deserves whatever happened. I'm not saying that. I'm saying other extenuating circumstances. I'm saying, is there anything that compares? Find me five issues that add up to a million innocent lives dying. Yep. And I'll start to take your argument a little bit seriously. Yep. Until you can do that, it, you know what? You... It, like I said, cram it where the sun don't shine. I don't want to hear it. Yep. Plain and, the, and, and, and this is and coming honestly, out of conservative Christianity. This is coming yeah. out of conservative Christianity. No, 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 no. Supposed conservative yes. Christianity. Quote, unquote. There is nothing remotely conservative. There's nothing orthodox. There's nothing traditional at all about any of that nonsense whatsoever. Because you know what? Here's a funny thing. Traditional Christianity doesn't have a whole lot of hard lines on specific government policy as a rule. And most, you know, there is the whole render under Caesar thing. However, there's, and, and this is actually, we're, we're already past an hour. This would be actually a fun thing to actually get into a little bit of the actual appropriate relationship between church state and role of government and everything. I believe in a very, 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 being, being of a conservative mindset, I believe in a very, very small role for government. And I do think, you know, for crying out loud, even, even the Bible, the tithe was 10%. And that was that wasn't just to the temple. That was everything. That was the that was the government and the temple because the church and the state they were one and the same. <laughs> yeah, it, it, that that covered that covered your military. That covered your priesthood. That covered everything. What do we get taxed at these days? Average person gets taxed at somewhere between twenty twenty five and and thirty five percent. Yep, that's just income tax. That's to say nothing of the that's federal income tax. That's to say nothing of social security. That's that's not state tax, city tax if you've got it where you live, sales, sales tax, tax yeah. property tax, personal property tax if you've got that where you live, um, you know, vice taxes. <laughs> you know, just it 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 one might say it piles up. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. And and also too, I think I think we I think we can get into a biblical understanding of the role of government as well yeah. because I, I, that's really how our founding fathers established it was yes. was really understanding the idea of free will, the mm -hmm. under, the understanding of personal responsibility, and also to a certain degree, I, th I think it actually reflects the gospel of mm. you know the go the go the gospel is extended to everybody, but yes. not everybody is going to make that decision to become a Christian, right? And in, in right. the same way, opportunity is provided to everybody here in America, but not everybody's going to take that opportunity. But that's the whole right. principle. Uh, that the founding fathers established for us, it was rooted in biblical Christianity. All of this socialism, big government, supposed welfare and handouts, and all that kind of stuff—that that's antithetical to biblical Christianity. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I, and I think I said this last time. I think, I think on your show about um, about the uh, the early church and and their attempt at socialism, right? And 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 literally, they tried it out. Yep. And then you look at late, later epistles. Paul is going around raising money for the Jerusalem church. Yep. Clearly. Socialism didn't work out too well in Jerusalem, right? Yeah, like eventually, eventually, if all the all, all the rich people have sold their stuff and distributed it to everybody, and 
nobody's got any more stuff to distribute. It, eventually, eventually, everybody's back to scrounging for the for for the stale matzo ball. Yeah. <laughs> that's just that's just how it works. That's why you can't have everybody taking everything they have and and selling it and giving it to the poor. Mm-hmm. Not and, everybody and, and can do that. And also, since when did it become evil to be successful at business? Since when? What? I since when know. was it? Since when was it oppressive for some for somebody to be successful? So, like for example, yeah. everybody always they attack, let's say, like Walmart. They're not going to attack yeah. Apple because they love the, all the lefties love Apple, right? Be, right. But they're expensive, oh, yeah. so they they cater to the rich, so that that's totally okay. But yeah. Walmart, they say these guys are multi multi billionaires, mm-hmm. right? They make it off the backs of poor people, and I'm like, okay, so number one. They're giving people jobs. So yes, they're minimum, they're minimum way, low paying jobs. But number one, they're not unionized. So they don't have to pay their, their union dues. So, right. so that, that's a huge thing. But also mm-hmm. too, people, do, people aren't, it's not like they're slave labor. They're not being kidnapped and being forced to go work at right. Walmart. They're right. choosing to. On top of that, right. they're providing lower prices for the, the, the poor community. Mm-hmm. They're cheaper than anywhere else. Yep. So how, how is that oppressing the poor? and stealing from the poor and becoming rich. What they did is they worked on volume. It's standard capitalism. They're mm-hmm. smart with their money yep. and they're providing something, a service and a product cheaper than anybody else can do. I'm sorry. Since when was that a bad thing? It's it, it's hard to figure out exactly when that became a bad thing, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, my, bi- my biggest gripe with Walmart is there's 47 checkout lines and there's only three of them open. That's my biggest gripe with Walmart right there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, see, see, see again. I don't, I, I don't go to Walmart specifically because I right. don't buy any crap from China. Right. Uh, we we don't we don't have plastic in our in our household. This is probably the most plastic that we've got as uh, these earbuds over here. But mm-hmm. intentionally because we want to be healthy and and all that kind of stuff. We also want to spark local businesses. Right. But that's an intentional decision. I don't yeah. think that Walmart is pure evil for selling something for cheap. I just wish they wouldn't buy crap from China. Right. No, and that's all, and that's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and yeah, I mean your 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 point is absolutely correct, you know. In actually, actually, yeah. Sorry, this is again far afield of our original point, but as a business model, actually, a good one to emulate is kind of Chick Fil A. They, you know, everyone knows, everyone knows that their service is impeccable, and it's insane. Um, my daughter, my daughter actually works at a Chick Fil A now, and we and. She's been working there for a few weeks and still likes going there outside of work to get food. <laughs> so we stopped there for lunch today and uh, we went through there. The, the cars were literally lined up and out into the street. She watched her, she, she watched her clock. We were literally through the line, had our food within 15 minutes. Wow. I don't know how, I don't know how many cars were in that line ahead of us, but yeah. within 15 minutes we had our food. <laughs> and it's it's because they have um it, it's because they kind of realize that that service is what separates them so they have they, they have like a person for just about every position you could possibly think of they literally have people whose whole job especially during the rush hour is just to put just to put the orders in bags they've got another person all they do is run desserts you know, they've got like probably four normal fast food places worth of staff working there and they're hustling. Yep. And that and that's how they and that's how they get it done. You know, 
And that's why they're hustling, but they're never rushed and never overwhelmed because so many of them to take their little part and get it done. Actually, it's, uh, come to think, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good model for the fight that we're in because there's no one person, there's no one small group of people that's going to be able to do it all on their own. But everybody taking their little bit can do it. And yeah, I, I uh, and I agree with some of the comments I'm seeing in the in the chat. Yes, the ownership of Chick Fil A. Well. They kind of suck. <laughs> they kind of suck a little bit these days. Dan Cathy said some really stupid and embarrassing things, and it turns out their donations are not exactly uh, what we all might have thought they were. I'm merely commenting on the quality of their service, uh, which is still fantastic, to be perfectly honest. You know, yeah. let's not kid ourselves. It's still great <laughs> as far as that goes. Um, but uh, but in in any but in any case. Um, that, you know, back to the uh, thing at hand is it's not just that the church is infiltrated. It's not just that the state is overreaching. It's that the state and the church are co- are starting to preach all too often the exact same message, the exact same message of conformity and submission and submission not to God, but to the secular authorities. And that's it's kind of where they lose me. <laughs> it's like, yeah. no, 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 no. Being submission, being obedient. And yes, I know you can find your, you, you can find multiple verses that talk about ob- obeying the state authorities. But I agree very much with the Steve Dace take on this. That, yeah, so long as they're obeying God, if if they're if they're going away if they're going away from God, why do I gotta listen to them? Yeah, but 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 also too, we have we have to we have to look at passages mm-hmm. within within context of, exactly. the, of the entire Bible, right? I so, completely agree. So so one of the points that I always make, mm-hmm. and in this this and it's funny the response this the response, and I'll tell you the response before I give you my example. The response to this point that I always make is, yeah, but Jesus is God, so essentially He can do anything, and it's okay for Him. But that doesn't mean that it gives us authority to do it. I'm like, I thought we were supposed to be like Christ. I I don't know. I missed this one. So if we look at Jesus, right? Yeah. Who who were the rulers, the local rulers of his day? It was the Pharisees and the scribes. They weren't just religious. Uh-huh. They were also essentially local government. Now right. they they had certain Agreed. limitations. They could not uh do capital punishment themselves. That's why they had to go to to King Herod and to Caesar, but they were essentially like the city, right? The mm-hmm. city council essentially, right? So so the thing is is that Jesus during his time rebelled against his low his local government he broke the sabbath yeah he he right. was he was not willing to play along with with their with their stupid rules and stupid games now none of those or i don't want to say none of them the majority of those had nothing to do with salvation it was right. not a gospel issue and right. and in fact right. they were not actually specifically condemning or uh, they were not specifically calling on the jewish people to sin right so like right. saying keep the sabbath holy yeah. If somebody obeyed that, they weren't sinning. But Jesus knew that it was wrong for them to do that, so he intentionally disobeyed. Yeah. So was Jesus violating Romans thirteen? I don't. I don't think so. But the uh, thing one is would that, think no. One would yeah, think no. I would assume not. So if Jesus wasn't violating Romans thirteen, then us taking a stand against tyranny and bad government and bad laws is not violating Romans thirteen. We have to look at everything in biblical context. But most people forget that they just look at the specific verse that says submit to the government. And it's like, okay, but got to look at the broader context that yep. like, do you think that Jesus sinned? No. Okay, cool. Then let's emulate him. 
Yeah, exactly. One might notice that his activities got him put on a cross. Yes. <laughs> by the by the government. So yeah. Uh, about that whole just obeying the government no matter what thing. Well, well, <laughs> one might be Jesus. aware that the apostles were all were all, with the exception of John, martyred. Yes, there is that, and also Jesus in Jesus' time, they had social distancing laws from the lepers. Yeah, Jesus intentionally violated social distancing laws. Should we emulate that today? Yeah. I'm yeah. just throwing that out there. I mean, Gavin Newsom. Now, are you familiar? Are you familiar with how tyrannical Gavin Newsom has gotten with these social distancing laws? Um, go ahead and enlighten us, just in case. Okay, so for so for holidays. Yes. Oh goodness, yes. So for holidays, okay, and th this is this is pre this, this this is when it wasn't as strict as, as it is now. Okay, mm -hmm. it's stricter now. Yep. Pre so for the holidays for Thanksgiving and Christmas, we were told you can only have three households at your home. Yep. For a holiday. For no longer than 90 minutes, you are not allowed to use the bathroom unless you sterilize it in between each use. You have to be outside using single-use silverware and plates. Uh, you cannot do buffet style. On top of that, you're not allowed to sing. You have to wear masks in between bites, and you have to be sitting six feet apart outside. Okay, so so that so that was up until about a week ago. Mm -hmm. A week ago, now we're getting to the point to where. Stay at home. You're not allowed to interact with anybody outside of your house. We have a ten o'clock curfew. Mm -hmm. We have all the we have all these different social distancing laws rules. We're not allowed to go outside. Like literally, it's seven fifteen here at night. If I go outside in three hours, I'm breaking the law and could get fined five hundred dollars. That 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 is that is tyranny. I have yeah. a feeling. I have a feeling that Jesus would go out at ten thirty at night. Just I'm intentionally. Just I'm pretty sure you would. Yeah. Just to tick them off. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know. Uh, and I think you're I think you're absolutely right. And yeah, yeah, I I knew about most of those uh finer points. And the whole thing is like he has to know that he can't actually enforce this. If you know, if more than like five people disobey this, you can't really enforce it. Yeah. Oh, but, I mean, what what if what if it's what if it's five people or five different households at the same house? Well, they just go into right, one house. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, yeah, then maybe. But yeah, and it is interesting, though. I mean, there have been uh, videos that I've seen of people you know, spying on their neighbors, uh, cops showing up or, or checking stuff out. I saw one thing that really pissed me off was I think it was some CBS affiliate somewhere uh, looking at how many uh, vehicles are in the parking lot of a church. And complaining about that, saying how they can't possibly be following the social distancing. And I'm like, wow. Wow. So the state media now is spying on the citizens to make sure that they are complying with the with, with the state's edicts. Yep. Are you kidding me? And you're accusing us of being the fascists? Wow. How much how blind to yourself do you have to be to not see it? How how can you have so little? self-awareness i do not understand it whatsoever because and here's the thing um i'm sure you've seen some of the videos that uh james o'keefe has been releasing with his yep. that he's re that, that has recorded stuff from cnn calls and everything overall it's not terribly exciting stuff so far but part of the reason it's not so terribly exciting until you really start to pay attention and think about it and read between the lines is because they don't think they're doing anything wrong they don't sound like they think they're covering something up. 
they really deeply believe this. I mean, even behind closed doors, they, frankly, they talk very much like they talk on the, you know, when, when they're on air, which means they really believe this stuff. Yep. They are really that deep into it. And in a way that's scared, scarier to me than that. They know that they're, that they're covering stuff up, that they know they're lying because yeah, that, they, that's just how far gone they are. The, the, the ends justify the means to yeah. them. And, and, that, and that's the thing they, they, there is there like for us as conservatives, mm-hmm. we have a, st- we have a standard as Christians. Our standard is the Bible mm-hmm. as conservatives. And as Americans, our standard is the constitution of the United right. States. Yep. The left has no standard. And makes it to where it's almost stunting our ability mm-hmm. to fight back is because we actually have standards. And, and, yep. he, and here's a perfect example. They're willing to go burn building down, burn cop cars, mm-hmm. beat up people, in fact, even kill people, like destroy entire cities. They're willing to go that far for their yep. end goal. Yep. Conservatives aren't because we actually have standards. We have morals. We, yeah. ha- we, ha- we have things that hold us back, limitations, because, hey, we value human life. We yeah. value property. We value these things. Yep. The left, the left doesn't. They're willing to do anything. And I think also when we look at when we look at these governors, clearly Gavin Newsom doesn't actually believe what he's saying, or else he wouldn't be going to to the French Laundry, right? Uh, w- without social distancing, without a mask, goofing off, all that kind of stuff. Same thing with Nancy Pelosi. Diane Feinstein was caught with the same thing. Every single one of these Democrats were caught, you know, you know, basically, essentially proving right. that they don't actually believe what they're saying, but. They're, they're putting out these mo- these insane, tyrannical laws, mm-hmm. oppressing people, taking people's businesses away, destroying lives. For what purpose? In my opinion, this is all for the for the ultimate goal of just making sure that they have more power, more control, and seeing yeah. how far they can push us. And so mm-hmm. far, they've been able to push us with very little resistance. As conservatives, we've been doing what? We've been yelling at them, posting yep. on Twitter. Yep. Maybe, maybe we show up for a rally every, every now and then and things yep. like that. When push comes to shove, has anything changed? We no. really haven't. We really haven't shoved back. No. Um, you know, and I don't. It's we're 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 caught, kind of, in a very tough place, because the choices seem to be, um, roll over and take it, or, seventeen seventy six. Or or yeah, we, we could go seventeen seventy six, but the peaceful route wait for the oppression, but. Like I, I've been, I've been, I've been talking to some friends. I'm like, can we just get like Orange County to like declare independence from Gavin Newsom? I mean, I would be, I would be all for that. Like, yep. let's just declare independence. Say we do not acknowledge Gavin Newsom's authority as the communist dictator of, of the communist state of California, and we're going to declare independence and we're going to self-govern ourselves down here. Or better yet, let's have a bunch of conservative businesses that are like, screw you, Gavin Newsom. We're going to open up our restaurant anyway. Stop yep. me, and then have a. But the, but the key is. You got to have the conservatives that actually show up. You have to have everybody's got to be working together. We can't yeah. let a conservative take a stand and we all take a step back and let and let them take one for the team. We've yep. got to make sure we're there. We got to pack out the place. We got to make sure that financially they're taken care of. Uh, so it's it's got to be a team deal. Yeah, but, oh, at absolutely. Point, yeah. but at a certain point, if conservatives would be like, yeah, um, these laws are unconstitutional. Gavin mm-hmm. Newsom does not have the authority to do this. Because he doesn't have the authority, it's illegal. So I'm not going to submit to illegal laws because I don't want to be complicit with illegal behavior. So that means 
I should probably open up my bar, my restaurant, my whatever it is. Like, I feel like that should, that would actually be the moral way of going about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's, there was a, um, there was a viral video, gosh, I think a couple of weeks ago now, uh, from Nuevo, Michigan, uh, Jimmy's Roadhouse. They were a place that decided, you know what? Screw you. We're open. And it was packed. Yeah. I was like, I love it because I've eaten there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I've been there. I love that. That's a, that's a good place to go anyway. And it, I, it's pretty far from where I live. Otherwise I would, I would already be there. <laughs> but, and I, I was talking to my, um, I was talk, talking to my mom about it uh, just last night, actually. And she was like, yeah, he had, he had his, uh, his uh, liquor license suspended. He can still sell what he's already got, but once he's out, he's out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, it sure would be a terrible thing if somebody just like, you know, as he starts to run out, somebody just shows up with a few cases of beer at his back door as a donation. Yeah. <laughs> it's like here i hear you're thirsty here <laughs> you know it, th- that would be terrible if that happened oh, yeah, i mean it would be awful i mean just just go to costco costco's got cheap alcohol they, they, they can stock up at costco right uh, hey you know what i don't see why not yeah but again at a certain point w- when is enough enough so again to, yep. to, to take it back to the founding fathers the founding fathers were willing to literally go to war mm-hmm. over getting taxed on tea they literally threw tea into into boston right mm-hmm. into the harbor they literally they they were protesting because they were getting taxed on tea mm-hmm. i think we're a little past that right now so at what point are we going to be like okay we're we're no longer we're no longer going to submit and i think everybody's mm-hmm. scared yep. of being the one that's going to be like i'm going to take a stand but at a certain point if we don't it's the end of our country it's the it end is. of america as we know it and that's that's the danger that we're in right now is conservatives want to fight back conservatives yep. hate the fact that we're being pushed down but at the same time, we're submitting. W- yep. What what the heck are we doing? And uh, and you're right. Uh, that kind of and this honestly, I've been saying this same thing for months now. That that is what has to happen. Uh, the businesses have to start standing up because they're really they're the front line right now. If they don't stand up, and it does have to be more than just one. And of course, when they do stand up, we've got to be there for them. Whether it's a local barber shop or the or the local restaurant that says, you know what, screw you. If you want to sit down inside and eat, you can. Or if it's the random whatever store that says, you know what, screw you. We don't care if you wear a mask. You know what, go there. Yep. Um, you know, just show up. If they try to shut down your church, don't let them. You know, show up at the doors anyway. If for some, and this was something that I started advocating for here in Michigan, was if, they, if you're a pastor, your door or your bishop, whatever, shuts the doors of your church in compliance with the state. Show up outside the doors of your church. Yep. You can, you know what? Even, even, even as Catholics, we can have a, we can have a prayer session. We can read the Bible and everything just fine right outside the doors of our church if we have to. And we will. And I know of at least uh, one parish actually where that's, where that started to happen. Yeah. Uh, in it's actually where we'll be going to mass more often these days, partially for that reason. And they started, they started gathering just for private quiet prayer on their own. And then as time went on, they started like, well, what if we just sing a song? What if, uh, and they actually talked, they actually talked talk to the priest, uh, had, um, 
ahead of time. I was like, what if, you know, would it be okay if we like just got up and read some scripture and everything as a group? And, you know, if somebody just spontaneously does it, he's like, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, go do that thing. Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> endorsed. Go. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We'll see. And my thing is like, you know, I, I maybe I take a more drastic, a more drastic approach, but I'm mm -hmm. kind of take I'm kind of at the point right now where I'm like, if your pastor is complying with all this crap, mm -hmm. yeah, we should be doing Matthew 18 on them. We should be going through church discipline. And we should be going through the steps, confront them, bring somebody else, take it to the elders. If they, if they still, if you go through the whole process mm -hmm. and they're unrepentant, because, because again, they're complying with illegal laws mm -hmm. that's making you complicit with illegal behavior. Mm -hmm. I mean, is that really the kind of thing that we want to encourage as a church? I oh, don't no. think so. Oh, no. So if you go through Matthew 18, they refuse to repent. Maybe you got to find a different church. Maybe, maybe that's just the way that this is right now, or Hey, better yet. Maybe start your own. Maybe we need to go back to having smaller churches and not have a bunch of big mega churches. It might be, this might be the actual wake up call that we need within Christianity too. Well, obviously as a Catholic, I can't just go and start my own church. <laughs> that's, that's the beauty of us Protestants. <laughs> it, 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 it's it, it's it, it's got its features and it's got its bugs because also the solution to every dispute is well screw you I'm going to get the people that agree with me on this particular finer point and go start another church somewhere yeah <laughs> as opposed to actually talking it out and resolving it's like nope I'm going to go plant this one over here it's it's a it's got its good points it's got its bad points yeah <laughs> um but but yeah I mean absolutely they need to be confronted they need to be held to account to however much uh however much you can and I and I agree <laughs> it's just kind of it's uh, it's difficult but I think people are people are getting there yep and, I'm I'm I'm, yeah. pr I'm praying so yeah yeah ab absolutely and anyway um I think, gosh, we're up about an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. Well, we, we do tend to go a little long, so there's nothing wrong with that. No, no, so, absolutely nothing wrong. Anyway, we have yet to actually mention where you can find your book. Yeah, so you can actually go to uh, gatekeepersonline.com. Uh, if, you, if you go to our store there, uh, use code Jeff at checkout. You get 10% off. I'll, you know, it's always, it's always fun throwing the code out there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I would recommend getting the book Church and State. Again, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, I'll put that over here. But whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, um, it, it's really exposing the strategy of infiltration into every facet of our mm -hmm. country. Um, and, and it's just right now, the, the last target, I believe, is is Christianity and religion. And they're and they're doing this systematically. And it's important that you guys um, understand that. So uh, and also, too, it's a bunch of really great contributing authors. I mean, you got Pastor Greg Locke, who's kind of like the MAGA preacher that's out there all over the place. He's always nice. invited to the White House and all that. We got Denise mm -hmm. McAllister, who used to write for the Daily Wire and the Federalist. Mm -hmm. We got K Pastor Kerry Gordon out in Iowa, who's he's the pastor in Iowa that all of the uh, Republican nominees try to go to to get to get his endorsement. He nice. brings them over and they have dinner at his place and he basically grills them. And then uh, very rarely he actually gives that an endorsement. But He's 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 really good. Did 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 an entire an entire chapter on the importance of the church supporting the Constitution of the United States. Nice. Really 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 cool chapter. But yeah, a bunch of great contributing authors. So um yeah, it, it it was it was a fun project to put together. Very cool. So all right, gatekeepers online, go check it out. Church and state by and as always, Jeff, it's a pleasure to have you on, and um, I'll look forward to the next time. Sounds and like a plan. In the in the meantime, everybody, uh, get the book, read it pray find figure out what it is that god needs you to do so you can keep